Welcome to the 180 Podcast. You are listening to a teaching of the 180, a new church committed to learning to love Jesus and love like Jesus. Our prayer is that God would use this teaching to help you grow closer to Him and that you would feel moved to join us in person, where you can grow in community with the larger 180 family. Bienvenue à la balado-diffusion de l'Église 180. Vous écoutez un enseignement de l'Église 180, une nouvelle Église qui s'est engagée à apprendre à aimer Jésus et à aimer comme Jésus. Notre prière est que Dieu utilisera cet enseignement afin de vous aider à vous rapprocher de Lui et que cela vous donne envie de vous joindre à nous en personne où vous pourrez vous épanouir au sein de la communauté qu'est la grande famille de l'Église 180. We're really grateful to have you with us. Uh, if you're here for the first time, uh, what a gift to, uh, to be part of this together. And uh, if we haven't met, my name is Dominic, and I'm uh, one of the leaders here and one of the pastors. And for just a few minutes before we kind of send you off, uh, we just want to talk a little bit about really some of the themes in this short presentation. You know, I, I used to be a university teacher, and one of the assignments that students used to have to do is to write a book report. And, and that would mean that they would read something and then talk about like what the theme is. And I wonder what you would say the theme of this play or presentation is if somebody asked you. Or if your kids asked you and you said, hey, I was really good when you reminded us of this. What would you say? What stood out for you as a reminder of something that you need to remember in this season? I mean, I know right now that millions of, millions of dollars are being spent to get our kids and the next generation focused on all kinds of other things that have nothing to do with Christmas right now. Millions of dollars. And I'm so grateful that as a church, we are committed to saying, in the midst of all of the pressures that, you know, go on in our world and the pressures that our kids feel, the pressures that we feel as adults, that we're going to commit to helping our kids learn and understand what it means that life is about something else, something much deeper. And at Christmas, we get a chance to slow down and to make time to think about what that is. And so I want to talk to you about something that's, uh, I, I think it's something that our kids are never going to learn in a play. I want to talk to you about something that they're never going to learn just by coming to church and, you know, doing a, a wonderful production as amazing as it is. Actually, I have been a pastor for enough time, enough years now, that I've seen many kids be in some Christmas production and then slowly walk away from their faith. Maybe you know someone like that. Someone who used to believe in God, they used to believe in Christmas, they used to believe in, oh, how beautiful it would be when the world is a better place. And over time, something starts to happen in each of our hearts. And I, I put it in like a little quote so that you could see it on the screen. And I, I want to just read it for you. This is what it says, that at Christmas, you either go deeper in your faith or you become indifferent with anything that has to do with faith. This happens to everyone. That you either commit to growing up and to moving out of just you know, learning about Christmas as a child, and you begin to say, I need to mature and think more deeply about what is Christmas about? And does it apply to me? Is Christmas really about me? Do I need to, like, figure out what this means? And, and so this morning as we begin, I just want to take just a few minutes and give us a chance together to do this, to just hear a little bit of the Christmas story and to hear about one person in the story that I think is about to learn and model for us what it means to go deeper in his understanding of God at Christmas. You might have heard about this person, and you'll see in a few minutes, but let me just read for you the beginning of how Matthew, one of the writers of the Christmas story, begins part of his story about Jesus. This is what he says. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, before they were intimate together, 
she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. I mean, this is like a mind-blowing thing to read. Like, you read this and you're like, come on. This is ridiculous. I don't know about you. Like, I have moments that happens to me all the time. Even though I teach the Bible and I study the Bible, there's times in the Bible when I get to a place in the Bible that I'm like, uh, what do I do with this? Like, do I believe in miracles? Do I believe in, in things that happen that we, like, science can't explain? Do I believe in all that? And I find this pattern happens in my life all the time, that whenever I get to a place in the Bible that's like this, where I'm just not sure what I believe about it, I tend to start to get suspicious about everything. Almost everything in the Bible that I don't believe. I'm like, ah, oh, maybe the whole Bible's made up. Maybe God is made up. Maybe all of this is a joke. This happens to all of us. And so the only way we move forward is to go just a little bit deeper. Just a little bit further. I want to tell you something that maybe you've never thought of at Christmas. is the idea that the gods somehow were involved in the special birth of babies was not new to Christianity. Many religions in the Bible had a theory that whenever the gods wanted to kind of flaunt their power or to demonstrate that they were better than humans, they would interact with humanity. And actually, the Greeks had a fascinating story for every time the Greek gods wanted to interact with humans. One of the most famous stories of all is the story of Zeus having an affair with Europa. Any of you ever hear that story? You're not going to get it on TV this year. You're not going to get it in a Hallmark card. You're not going to get that story. But everybody in the Bible knows the stories of affairs where the gods intervene and want sometimes to lust after humans and to be with them. This is one of the famous stories in the ancient world. Everybody who hears of the Spirit of God, somehow God and His Spirit is coming to be on a woman and she's pregnant, they would have thought of all these other stories. There's only one difference. That the gods in the ancient Greek world always lusted after humans and looked to use humans. This is one of the great images of the story of Zeus where he, he saw Europa and he thought she was so beautiful and he decided he wanted to sleep with her. And so he had a plan. He thought, you know what, I'm going to disguise myself as a white bull. And I'm just going to go into the field where she is and I'm going to lie down. And as this young girl comes near me, I'm going to slowly entice her to come with me and follow me. And then she'll have children for me. This is a crazy story. Everybody in the Bible knows that there's so many tales about the gods involved with the humans. So why is this story any different? Because all of a sudden, at the beginning of the Christmas story in the Bible, we don't have a God who wants to use humans. We have a God who's decided that he wants to be among people to teach them something about his love. And the Greeks and all the other religions of the world had yet to make sense of why God would care about humanity. Why God would care to be among broken, messy, sinful, messed up people like us. If I was God, I wouldn't want to hang out with any of you. I know some of you. And yet at Christmas, we are confronted with this idea that through the power of this Holy Spirit, God is at work in Mary and in Joseph, and in a special way, He comes in the form of a human that for thousands of years, Christians have been trying to think about, like, what does that mean? How did that actually happen? How does that actually work? We're invited into this story. And this is what we're told next. It's a fascinating thing. Because Joseph knew something that we all know, that babies are not made that way, this is what Joseph decides. Her husband was faithful to the law, and yet he did not want to expose Mary to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. This would be a sad Christmas. Over the years, I've been with people who've experienced the divorce during the holidays. 
They've experienced fighting and conflict and anger, all trying to make sense. This was supposed to be about Christmas and about joy, and it's become about this and the pain. And I know people to this day who've said, I'm never going to talk to my parents again. I'm never going to see my kids again. I'm never going to talk to my, my neighbor again, a coworker again. Because we know the feeling and the tension of the holidays, and we wonder, that first Christmas, in that tense moment of trying to make sense that God is doing something special. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but in the Christmas story, we have this moment where a miracle is going to cause a lot of problems for Joseph. I never learned about miracles that way. I always learned that miracles were things we pray for so our lives get easier. Anyone? You ever pray for a miracle? You're like, God, just fix this problem. I don't really believe in you. I'm not sure. Like, I'll go to Joseph, St. Joseph's Oratory and I'll sprinkle some water and I'll, I'll give some money to the church but fix my health fix my kids miracles for me were something that were supposed to make my life better not at christmas at christmas the miracle of god entering our world is about is about to make joseph's life a living hell and we're told that joseph because he knows that he's not really sure and he knows that kind of children don't just show up in women's bellies that maybe something else has gone on. The Bible uses this language of Joseph, Joseph doesn't want to disgrace Mary. He doesn't want to ship her back to her parents. He doesn't want her like to, to be seen as maybe like sleeping around. All these things that, you know, you and I, those of us who especially are good at judging people, we think about. You know people like that? There's a lot of them in church, okay? Don't worry about it. You judge people, like, what really happened? You know, well, Mary, yeah, she's pregnant with God. Yeah, yeah, they all say that. Joseph is feeling this, but Joseph knows the law. He knows the teachings of the Torah. He knows the teachings of Israel. You know what Joseph knows? Jo Joseph knows this. Let me read it for you. It's one of the important teachings of the law. That if a man happens to meet in a town, a virgin, pledged to be married, and he sleeps with her, you shall take both of them to the gate of that town and stone them to death. Joseph knows this. Joseph knows that there is no way out of this. Joseph is stuck. And every time I read about Joseph and I begin to feel the tension of this story, where I wish I could just get to the peace and the joy and the hope and the happiness, all that fun stuff, which is all great. I want to rush through these moments where Joseph is like, what do I do? Jo Joseph is caught between, you maybe heard this, between a rock and a hard place. You ever have that moment where no matter what he does, Feels like it's the wrong thing. We felt that this year, right, all of us? With COVID, with masks, with vaccines, with a friend, with a family member. We're, we're not like, we want to do this, we're not sure. If we do that, they're mad. If we don't do that, they're mad. If they do, what do we do? Joseph knows how we feel. We know how Joseph feels. He's just stuck. He, see me, he cares for Mary. He's not sure what's going on, but he knows the law. And he knows that if he doesn't find a way to deal with Mary in a very quiet way, people will wonder where she is and they will look for the person she cheated on Joseph with. Because God would not just enter the world in this way, or would he? Would he maybe do something that, you know, that we never expected? Is that what's happening? At some point at Christmas, we have to deal with the mystery that God is doing something that we cannot fully understand, but yet we must embrace. Every Christmas, we get to that moment in our lives where we realize that God is about to do something we cannot fully understand, 
but we must embrace. And Matthews is expecting that we continue in the story. Matthews is expecting that we continue to see how God is at work in this moment, what God is doing. Maybe for you, you get to these points where you're learning about Christmas or you're learning about something, and when it's confusing, you stop. A struggle and a hurdle and suspicion, and next thing you know, you know what happens? It's happened to me. Christmas becomes about the kids. You ever do that? It's for the kids. It becomes a nice, beautiful story, and, you know, it's wonderful for them, but it's not for adults. It's not for us to live in this story, but yet people in the Christmas story are adults. They are living through the tension of trying to figure out what God is doing, what he's not doing. And we're told as Joseph is processing all of what to do, he has to figure out what's next. I often wonder what I would say to Joseph if Joseph called me up. You know, you have a friend calls you up, they trust you with some advice, and they tell you this. What do you tell Joseph? I'm like, bro, come on. She said, what? Bro, she said it was God, it's the Spirit. I don't know what she said. How many of you would be like, you got to run? How many would be like, she's lying to you? How many of you would say, Joseph, wait, wait a second here. Could this really be God? This is what happens to Joseph. But after he had considered this, all of these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. In some sense, Joseph has fallen asleep. We, we don't really know. Okay, he appeared to him in a dream. And said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. If you remember anything about Christmas, maybe this year will be the first year you think about this. We are introduced to the fact that Jesus is doing something and he's not doing it alone. That throughout the Christmas story, God the Holy Spirit is there at work doing something with Jesus, with God the Father. And if you want to know anything about Christmas in the way Christians have talked about Christmas, is that in, at Christmas we understand that as Christians we are worshiping a God who is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And they are all involved in the Christmas story. It's not just lady, a little baby Jesus in a manger. It's not like petit bébé Jésus under your tree. It's God the Holy Spirit who's also there. All of a sudden you have the sense that Jesus is not working alone. And Matthew is hoping that we continue to read the Bible. I, I don't always do that. I sometimes am reading something, I'm tired, maybe you've noticed this. I have a bad habit sometimes if I'm reading something I'm not interested. I think of Netflix. My kids are yelling. Matthew is hoping that as we enter his, his telling of Christmas, we would keep reading because the Holy Spirit will keep showing up in the story of Jesus. The Holy Spirit that's at work when Jesus is born is also going to continue to show up and model for us what it means to be people who want the Holy Spirit to do in us what he's doing in Jesus and what he's doing in Mary. At Christmas, we're invited to think about, do we want God to do these kinds of things in our lives? I don't really want to. It sounds like so inconveniencing. It sounds like so messy. How many of you lost power last night? Right? I did. No coffee. That means I'm preaching for three hours. And I was so inconvenienced. What, like water, my, with stuff melting in my fridge. It's my sump pump. How do I check that? I hate these things. All these things. And, and I find that whenever I, I think about my life and the gifts of being in the modern world, it's almost so hard to live and hear the Bible and the mess 
of that story. Do I really want the Holy Spirit to do something in me that looks like this? Let me just give you a snapshot for some of you maybe who would be tempted not to read further. That this is what Matthew tells us starts to happen. You'll see a list of just some of the ways that we would understand Christmas to be about being spirit-filled with how the Holy Spirit is filling Mary in a different way because she's very unique. But look at this. Jesus is born. Spirit, Holy Spirit's there. Jesus' baptism. Holy Spirit is there again. Special calling. Jesus is about to be tempted in temptations in the wilderness. The Holy Spirit leads him into the wilderness. Do you want the Holy Spirit to be with you in this type of way? Not me. I prefer the Holy Spirit makes my life easy. I prefer miracles just fix my problems. I prefer that God just makes my life a better place and, you know, live your best life now. Go get him. That's what I want. Instead, at Christmas, we're invited to ask ourselves, are we okay with miracles that mess up our lives? Are we okay with a miracle that's going to make things messy a bit? Are we okay for God to do something special where we realize that we need the power of the Spirit to be the people He's calling us to be? Do you want that? Because if you don't want that, you're going to hate Christmas. Or you're going to decide that Christmas is just for the kids. It's so nice for the kids. Matthew is hoping that we hear about Jesus, about Mary, about Joseph, and how Joseph is going to have to figure out whether he's going to trust how the Spirit is at work how the Spirit is at work in Mary, and how the Holy Spirit is at work in him now, and that he has a special calling as well. That's what we're told. The angel says to to Joseph, says this, she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. If you don't want God to be with you, you're going to hate Christmas. If you don't want God to begin to disrupt and to do things in your life that are really miraculous things that are going to make your life just a little bit messy, to wake you up to the ways that maybe you've trusted in other things rather than in the power of the Spirit that was already at work in Mary and going to be at work in the life of Jesus and now here again God with us, this is what Jesus will tell his disciples, that one day you will still have God with you as the Holy Spirit is among you. Do you want that this Christmas? Could that be one thing you ask for this year that you never asked for before? That you want God to show you or to reveal to you what it looks like to be someone who trusts the Holy Spirit, the way Mary trusted the Holy Spirit. The way Joseph now must trust the Holy Spirit. Because only when we say yes to that can we taste of what it means that God wants to be with us. There's times in my life where I feel like so kind of overwhelmed and discouraged. I make mistakes I think of the regrets that I have, and I wonder, why would God want to be with us? Why would God want to be with you and with me? Why would God care about the things that we do? It'd be so much better sometimes we need to believe in the gods the way the Greeks did. They're great stories. The Jewish people were starting to tell the world that there's a God who enters our world not to use us, abuse us, take advantage of us, 
but to be one of us and to restore something in us because we are the prone, prone to be the ones who use others, abuse others, and take advantage of others. We are the ones. And God, knowing this, enters our world through an obedient young virgin named Mary and her, her, her husband, Joseph, which we don't get lots from, but we know right now Joseph is between a rock and a hard place because Joseph is going to wake up from his dream, from his nap, and he's going to be like, did an, did an angel just talk to me about Mary? Did that really happen? That God would trust me to be, in a sense, the stepfather of this boy? That's not my son. Should I just go back and do what the law says and just divorce Mary? What do I do? I mean, we are really, really lucky in the sense because we know the ending of the story. We know what Joseph does. So we can rush on and say, Dom, just pray. we got to go. I'm hungry. I can't believe I came to church. Whatever. But sometimes we just got to slow down a little bit and to think about for those living in that story how hard it would have been. As we wrap up, I want to tell you what Joseph does, that when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. That's a man. That's a man right there. The world is dying for leaders, for people who commit to say that we're going to do certain things and then model that and step into moments that are a rock and a hard place and lead and do the right thing. Joseph does the right thing. Over the years, one of the things I've heard consistently from parents, especially those who are thinking about starting a family, you know, just young couple, they'll always say to me, they're like, Dom, I don't know if we want to bring a child into such a dangerous world. You ever hear that? People are like, look how bad the world is. Why would you want to have kids in this world? Then you read about Christmas. That God decides that he's going to enter our world, and next week I'll talk about this, while there's a crazy emperor and a crazy governor killing babies, and we're stuck in this moment reading this story, and we're like, God, you sure this is the right time to do this? Because we believe that God exists to make our lives comfortable. We've somehow believed that God exists to do miracles so their lives would be easy. We somehow believe that God needs everything to be smooth in our lives before he can do what he wants to do. But at Christmas, God says, if you can trust me, and if you desire for me to be with you by my spirit the way I was with Mary and Joseph, then you watch what I do now. You watch how I can step in even into the most broken, messy, COVID, problematic, violent world. And you just watch now how I begin to do things that are definitely a mystery that will require you to think just a little bit deeper. But they will also be the things that help you welcome the power of God this Christmas into your life. Do you want that? A kid's play is not going to get you there. A kid's play is not going to get you to the place where you learn to rethink what the power of God in His Spirit looks like. It took me years to learn this in my life because I was given a view of God and I was given a view of the Holy Spirit that was like hyper-emotional and hyper-experience and it looked a lot like stuff on TV. And then I started reading the Bible and I realized, how did I get tricked? How did I get tricked? How did I start making miracles about my life getting better? How did that happen? Did I never read about Christmas? 
All the miracles, all the things that work. This is the God who's going to come in the womb of a woman and he can't find a place to sleep in an inn? Are you kidding me? Like, one is sounds a lot easier. But you understand now that Christmas is not about life just getting easier for anyone. It's about us being people who want God, the Holy Spirit, to be with us even when life is a mess. Do you want that? Do you want that? Because if you do, Joseph models for us what it means when you trust God and God begins to prepare the way. I encourage you, just this week, and we hope to see you next week, we're making room for our services, to just go back and read the first few chapters of Matthew. And notice how God now will begin to walk ahead of Joseph and to begin to help him to understand what he needs to do. If Joseph is like you and I, he will doubt, he will wonder. People will be like, what are you doing? Like, what are you talking about? He and Mary will have moments where they're confused. If you need just help with that, we, we provide a little resource that you can pick up to help you think about the story in a deeper way. But this year, let us not get through Christmas without thinking about the role of the Holy Spirit at work in the Christmas story. Because if we don't, it just becomes about the little baby in a manger. A safe baby who will never disrupt you, like all babies, instead of a God who comes and as miracles begin to happen, as he disrupts things, he says, hey, hey, do you want me with you too? And the first feeling is like, no, I don't. It sounds like a scary kind of God who's going to start to disrupt my life and make things messy. That's who we get at Christmas. And you know what? Just like in the ancient world, if you want like a safer, fun, Charlie Brown God, the ancients had a lot of options. The world will give you many options. But maybe this is the year that you admit to yourself that you are tired of all of the world's options. That you finally admit for once that all of the trinkets and the jingles and all that stuff, as fun as it might be, will not be enough. Because those who don't go deeper in their understanding of God at Christmas usually walk away from God soon after. That's the pattern. I promise you that. Let's just stand as we close. And pray for us. And uh, if, you, if you're visiting and maybe this feels like so brand new, we're really thankful that you stepped out courageously to be with us. Thanks for trusting us. We know that uh, we live in a time where it can be really scary to attend a church and you're just not sure. But we take it very seriously to just be people who honor God and want to be good citizens and pray for leaders. And so as we pray, we invite you, however you feel comfortable, maybe to bow your head, close your eyes. And in this quiet moment, in a minute, the kids are going to just destroy this place with noise, by the way. But think about what God might be trying to say to you this Christmas. How the Holy Spirit may be saying, hey, 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 I'm the God who wants to be with you now. I'm the God who wants to heal you now. I'm the God who wants to show you what it's like that you do not have to live life feeling alone. That the miracles you need are not the ones you would ask for. Maybe you need to trust God with that this year. Let's just pray. Father, all of us need you to remind us 
that there's something about Christmas that draws us into the fact that you are a God who came for us. You came into the messiness of our world to reveal how a powerful, loving God is not afraid of our sin and our brokenness. I pray for those who are here that they would hear what you said to Joseph through your angel when you said, Joseph, do not be afraid. Some, someone today on a podcast, on a YouTube feed, in this room needs to hear, do not be afraid because God is coming to be with us. Would you help us over the next few days to not get lost in all the other busy things that are going to happen? Would you help us to set aside next few weekends to slow down and to come to worship and to learn to balance the noise in our hearts from the anxieties and the pressures of this world. May we each be open to how the Holy Spirit will show us that He is very much God with us now. May you bless those in this room who've set time aside to be here and to focus on you. Would you bless our children? We thank you for our teachers who set time aside to pour into them. And would you continue to provide for us as a church to continue to do the things you're calling us to do? Help us to remember that you are the God who gave first. So it's a blessing for us to be able to respond in that way as well with our lives and what you've given to us. So be with us now as we go. May you be honored with the way that we live. We pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. God is with us. Next week, we pray that you pick one of the services, 9 or 11, like we mentioned. If you're online and you, you didn't get a chance to sign up, please sign up. We want to make enough room for people. We want to make room for you to maybe invite someone who just needs to know that this season, Christmas might be about something they never thought about. And we look forward to seeing you next week. God bless everyone. Make sure you grab your munchkins. Tell them they did a great job. And if you're visiting, we'd love to see you. You don't need to rush off. But just as a reminder, very quickly, masks on. And uh, just uh, we'll see you soon. God bless everyone.